0: Good evening, and welcome to the beautiful historical Marionette Theater. Tonight, we're going to be discussing an early 2000s romantic comedy. A little bit of coming out stories, and a whole lot of friends supporting each other through life's interesting moments. Please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Well, Toppy, it is a fine evening here in the Old Town tonight, and, uh, you know, I don't think that we should uh, hold back uh, any longer. I'm just going to introduce tonight's guest. Go Hello, for it. golly, it's Jamanda Toppy. It's so nice to have her back here in our town. You're looking well, golly. Can tell, Dolly, you're still glowing. You're still sewing. You're still going strong. Oh, and of course, I am speaking of <laughs> none other than uh, the mid-Atlantic cosplay drag, oh, uh, uh, maven of mystery, mr Amanda Martini.
1: Hello, hello. Hi everyone! I am so happy to be back for my we just we decided just seventh time Ooh. seventh
0: time wow oh, seventh. third it's like that spin the bottle game seven in heaven,
2: <laughs> <laughs> in heaven.
0: Oh, my. oh, my well before we're seven minutes in um Demanda would you take center stage there so we can let our listeners know about what we're discussing tonight.
1: Sure. (laughs) Dennis is a free-spirited photographer. He shares his house with a handsome himbo, Cole, in the suburbs of Los Angeles. The two are part of a circle of out-gay men, each with their own troubles, and each helping out at their older friend Jack's restaurant. Together, they help each other struggle through the complexities of love as gay men in the newly arrived 21st century. Grab a slice of cake and your camera. It's time for the Broken Hearts Club. Take it away, fellas.
2: What do you get when you take a
3: dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies. And a smidgen of screaming.
0: It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host DJ and Toppy. Well good evening, Mr. Smelly. It finally cooled off on the surface of the sun, and what a perfect night to have our dear friend Demanda here with us tonight. Certainly is it's lovely. So, uh, tonight's film is an early 2000s romantic comedy, and uh, I thought that we would go ahead and play the trailer from this film to give you an idea about it. Here we go. Welcome to West Hollywood, California, the San Francisco of Los Angeles.
1: There's not a single film
0: in the cinema canon that paints a portrait of a gay man that any of us would aspire to be. Can you
2: imagine if they made a film about us, our group of friends? I know they're my friends. I just don't know if I can trust any of them, especially when it comes to men. You must be Ennis. That's Dennis. Somebody ate the D. Uh. Clearly, without them, my life would be a lot less fun, but with them... I don't know if I'll ever be able to have a life of my own. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you want to keep
1: it short on top?
2: Sony Pictures Classics invite you to join Cole. He's gorgeous, completely straight acting.
3: What are the chances of me getting your number? What are the chances of you hitting a home run? Print neatly. I want to be Cole. Why can't I be Cole? Howie. Dumb, gorgeous people should not be allowed to use literature when competing in
0: the pickup pool. It's like bald people wearing hats. The newbie.
2: My mom mentioned that she made key lime pie. I said, that's great. I love key lime pie and I'm gay. I bet she wishes she made apple pie. Patrick.
0: Leslie and I want to have a baby, and since that's biologically impossible for us to do so, and since your genes are so close to my own, we thought that we could borrow some of yours. Look,
2: are you prepared to answer the question, mom number one, why is mom number two's brother my father? I mean, look at the three of us. What kind of Christmas card is this going to make? Dennis. I'm 28 years old, and the only thing I'm good at is being gay. That's not true. It is true. And Jack. Happy birthday, Dennis. I love you. Oh. Don't get nervous. Little kids and senior citizens don't say it for you to say it back. I just wish it was, you know? That easy to let someone in. To be beautiful. Just get a boyfriend. The Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy. Amen, girlfriend. Benji, there isn't a straight man in America who
0: doesn't refer to anyone but his girlfriend as girlfriend. I know, but I was so butch when I said it. Oh. Now I know my uh, Mr. Smelly can't believe it. We were talking behind the curtain, and this film came out twenty some years ago. Today, twenty two years ago, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was in college when this movie came out.
2: <clears throat> uh, oh my God, DJ, what was going on in your life when this came out?
0: Well, I uh, <laughs> I had a, a mini crisis of uh, identity, of faith. Uh, I, I, I was just surviving my second state after leaving home and about to move to my third state within two years. So <laughs> that's about where I was at that time. I was in Colorado, and as I was saying uh, earlier— I didn't have the kind of friends that you went to the movies with to have seen this. I probably saw it uh, maybe a couple of years later when Logo was still showing gay programming. Uh,
2: Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, This was um, after I broke up with my uh, 13-year ex, and... um, was really kind of in the dating scene for really the first time in my life at the age of like, I don't know what I was, 37, 38. And so um, that's what I remember. Um, And I'm trying, I'm trying like the hell to think of who I saw this movie with. And I think it was someone I was dating at the time. Um, But that's, that's what I remember.
1: I was not out yet. Wow! <laughs> was there
2: ever really a time you weren't out? I mean, to be honest, <laughs>
1: no. But like, I had not like come out yet, and I was renting this movie as well as some other movies. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about when we talk about you know recommendations, um, other movies from my local video store in Logan, Utah, where I went to college. And I think I was the only person who was renting these movies because they were always available. And eventually I bought them. So my copy of Broken Hearts Club, the DVD, has Hastings, like the sticker still on it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like I wasn't even out yet. This movie is one of the movies that like, like this was quote my generation of like queer cinema that like helped me then like come out.
0: Mm -hmm. so let's uh, be honest Amanda did you bake your own key lime pie (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean if I if I could if I could bake pie I can I can do cake I can do cookies I'm not very good at pie but oh but uh, honestly so I probably came out I came out like two years after after this after this movie was out I came out like Mm -hmm. 2002 um but no it was not a key lime pie it was much more <laughs> it was much more intense than that but <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, the, the, this movie I get. I watched it you know this week uh preparing for this and it just brought back such nostalgia of like that time and again and like in the movie when they talk about like you know when someone's like newly out and everything's like Wonderful, and then he's like, "Oh, and then then you become us, the <laughs>
0: <laughs> queen."
1: And uh, uh, anyway, I, it was. Uh, I, I though the movie again. To be honest, the movie is not great. It's not groundbreaking by really any means, aside from the fact that it, it was a queer movie, you know, in, in two thousand. Um, it definitely has like really really strong nostalgia for me and like a uh, and like my group of friends.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it definitely gave you a feeling of normalcy. It's like these are everyday people and it's nice to see characters like that in a story cuz a lot of films you watch you're like uh, you know, you're trying to figure out if you relate with the characters. Right. So, Demanda, this is our second film in the month of June, a Pride month. If you would be so kind, could you uh, read this little snippet here we put together about history of diversity in Gay Pride? Sure.
1: So, uh, interracial marriage was not legal in the U.S. until 1967, uh, Loving versus Virginia. Almost a century after the end of the U.S. Civil War, it wasn't until 1973. Uh, before the American Psychi- Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality as a mental illness. Four years after the riot at New York New York City's Stonewall Inn, a series of spontaneous protests by members of the gay community in response to a police raid that began the early morning hours of June 28, 1969 at the Stonewall Inn uh, in Greenwich Village. Patrons of, the Stone- of Stonewall, other village lesbian and gay bars and neighborhood street people fought back when the police became violent. It wasn't until 2000 that the Netherlands became the first country to legalize same-sex marriage. In 2003, Belgium became the second country. Massachusetts became the first U.S. state to legalize in 2004. Many states would follow, but it wasn't until 2014 before marriage equality equality would be nationalized.
0: And I am proud to say that New York and Maryland were both ahead of that. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: And, surprisingly, Utah.
0: And Iowa, for goodness sake. I know, I know. (laughs) so toppy yes, toppy there are some folks that uh came and went in 2000 when this film came out tell us about some people now this is special because this is just today to here today june 17th there was a time in this world when two very famous people joined us toppy tell us more
2: but certainly barry
0: Manilow wasn't born in 2000 no but he was born on this day June
2: 17th oh, I get it now I get it now By the way, Barry Manilow Couldn't be more appropriate For uh, this movie Or Pride um, uh, In general Because he, uh, way back when He was a youngster uh, What was he doing Besides making jingles for radio And television Well, he was in gay bathhouses Playing for Bet Niddler. Right. Playing the music for Bette Midler, so how about that? <laughs>
1: yeah, he and Bette Midler playing in bathhouses again. Okay, could you imagine <laughs>
0: that?
1: That always just strikes me as so crazy that they that they used to do that. But yeah, work I love it.
2: Yeah, only in New York City. Uh, Jodie Whittaker was born on this day. Uh, you know her from Broadchurch and Doctor Who. She's the thirteenth um, Doctor. Amazing. Um, and we had some deaths. Uh, Walter Mathau from The Odd Couple. He was uh, passed away at 80 years old. Steve Allen, a uh, classic uh, TV comic and talk show host, passed away at 79 years old. Jason Robards, we did a little movie of his called Max Dugan Returns. He passed away at 78.
0: And there's a terrific, uh, very rarely seen film. For the holidays, called the House Without a Christmas Tree, that starred Mister Jason Robards as well. Yeah. So, well, uh, one thing we like to talk about to put things into perspective of the film we're discussing is the uh, the year at the box office. So, in two thousand, um, now the um, the film tonight, uh, Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy. It was sort of an independent release. It was distributed by Sony but it made its premiere in January of that year at the Sundance Film Festival. Now, uh, I can happily tell you that some of the first um, mainstream, if you will, independent movies that I had seen as a youth... Were courtesy of the Sundance Channel, and of course, Mr. Robert Redford, who brought us that show or that uh, station. Um, Of course, one of those was a one in a series of films called "Boy's Life," which was a series of coming out stories. So, all right. So, the top of the box office in two thousand, the number one theaters. Brought two hundred and fifty-one million. The guy in the green suit, Mister Jim Carrey, is the how the Grinch stole Christmas, and then number two at the box office. Uh, he was famous for dancing in his underwear in his younger years with sunglasses, and then um, he also piloted a uh, Air Force jet. Um, Mission Impossible 2 brought in 215 million. Now, running up the the trio at the box office top was Mr. Russell Crowe in his muscular finery and brought in 186 million with Gladiator. Now, as I was saying, Broken Hearts Club was an independent film, and uh, just to put things into perspective. Uh, Others that might have been around the place where it might have placed, because we we like the underdog. Um Somewhere around the middle was Battlefield Earth. Uh, speaking oh, God, speaking, God. speaking of Utah, Amanda. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. John Travolta was in this sci-fi film, brought in 21.47. The, the 4.7 is important because... You know, that $1,000 is what separates it from the next rung. Um, But I I think that that's one of those um, possibly latter day, you know, Mormon sci fi author. Didn't he? Something no, like no,
1: those Scientology.
0: Scientology. Okay, very.
1: I mean, just as crazy.
0: <laughs> it's it's still a tinfoil hat, but um, <laughs> maybe with a flower. I don't know. Uh, and then so uh, just below Battlefield Earth, bringing in twenty one point four six million. Um, Mr. Joey Lawrence from Blossom, whoa, in you know, Urban Legends final cut, and that final cut part is important because it was one in a series, apparently. Yes, no. Yeah, so I was
1: gonna say this, the, that one was either like the second or the third, because the because Joey Lawrence wasn't in the first one. And so I mean, it was one of the after after Scream sort of became a phenomenon. Urban, I remember Urban Legends. Um, came out and it was it just was not as good, and like the fact that it just had so many sequels after it, I was like, really?
0: Okay. <laughs> well, with okay. the with the title Final Cut, I would hope it's a promise there won't be any more. <laughs> so,
1: also, also, when when you said Gladiator, I I feel as though we do the movie disrespect if we don't announce it as Elizabeth Taylor did one at one. The Golden Globe and go. Gladiator. (laughs) Ah!
0: Now was this before or after she gave a certain jewel encrusted undergarment to a gentleman (laughs) caller? So it's on
1: YouTube. You
0: could look it up again.
1: This has nothing to do with you know what we're talking Mm -hmm. about now. But if you look up. Her announcing the Golden Globes, because uh-huh. uh, the Golden Globes, as we all know, people are like super drunk. It's just like a big dinner <laughs> party, and she was drunk because it was one of the last awards, and she almost read the winner uh, at the beginning because she she's like she's like I don't I don't usually do this I just win these,
2: <laughs>
1: and like Dick Clark had to run out and like take her by the arm and go Oh no no, no that's really she's like Oh it's really uh, uh, like and now the winner. Gladiator! <laughs> it was,
0: it's, then later, they didn't realize her mic was still hot, and she says, Is this, this thing filled with chocolate? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes! She said that, too! Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my.
1: incredible, incredible
0: icon. So right. we we have you under the hot lights there, Majum. We have a question for you. Toppy, Ooh. take it away with
2: the first round. Well, we were wondering demand uh, what what makes this movie broken hearts club uh one, one of your favorite gay films
1: so i kind of was like hinting at it earlier um but like this movie was so i was still in the closet in college in utah and i was kind of living on my own like i lived with roommates uh one of whom was a cousin of mine and uh so like still had like family, like, around and stuff. And so I was, like, slowly, like, oh, well, I'm going to go rent this gay movie and watch it when no one else is home. And then I would get braver and be like, oh, well, this is just a romantic comedy that I'm watching. And so, like, I would rent this movie and uh, Trick and uh, Edge of Seventeen and um, Get Real and, again, a bunch of other... Uh, movies that kind of came around. Uh, you know, there was, like, that, like, peak of, like, queer cinema. Uh, I shouldn't say queer cinema. I would be, like, white gay gay male cinema
2: <laughs>
1: in, like, those early 2000s. And, um, like, it, it was just one of those movies that, like, it, it had so many good quotes. I think another reason that like I found it a little bit relatable is that in the movie they talk a lot about oh well who are you, who would you be in this movie like they do a lot of like casting their friends in the movies and that was something that me and my friends do all the time and so it was just very it, it, it was very relatable uh, in that sense. Um, also, Timothy Oliphant I always found super hot. So like. That was always the thing. And then, you know, before Dean Kane went off and been, like, super crazy uh, politically, I mean, he is, of course, still, like, my Superman. So, uh, of course, I, w- I was into that as well. S- seeing him make out with Andrew Keegan from 7th... Was he on 7th Heaven or another one of those, like, early WB shows? Um, anyway, it, it, was, it was, like, hot, hot guys, uh everybody's gay, which was wonderful. And like, it was just like one of those like formative movies. Like, you know, there's just like those certain movies that you watch. I mean, the first movie that we did um, uh, together on this podcast uh, was Clueless, which was another movie that came out at like that very formative time for me in middle school that like really like formed the way that I talk, the way that I interact with people Um, like this movie to this day. I still have a friend that I swear to God, we'll be sitting down and we'll just go, meanwhile, <laughs> when, you know, when a hot guy walks by, a, a, a very good friend of mine, um, who is straight, unfortunately, um, he has always said that he wants to uh, a punk band and name them the Ultimate Meanwhiles and their first album be called With No Souls, <laughs> which, is, which is what they call Cole in this movie. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, meanwhile is... You know when you're sitting with your friends and you're talking and, like, a hot person walks by and you want to get their attention without alerting the hot person that you're they're trying to get your attention? So if you just go, meanwhile, so my, so my friends, we've now adapted it from meanwhile to be, what's this?
2: Mm-hmm. You just sort of,
1: like, casually, like, kind of put a, a gesture in that direction. Like, not, like, point, but, like, a gesture. Be like, oh, what's this? So that way everyone's like, oh, what? what is that over there? I don't know what that is. And just sort of, you know, especially when you're at a convention. What's this? What's this over here? Um, Anyway, I love it. It's not a great movie. Um, Even, like, listening to that trailer, um, like, it's weird that they don't allow, uh, like, Taylor... why Billy Porter's character, like re- they don't really give him any sort of like, <laughs> like, e- like anything. Uh, he is definitely like relegated to like super side character. He's he and Mia Long, who play um, Patrick's sister's girlfriend or wife or partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the only two people of color in that movie. Um, and they're definitely like relegated to the sides. Um they also like they they use the F slur a lot, which has always been like kind of a triggering word for me. It's not I'm not uh, uh, it's not a word that like I have ever like reclaimed and used, and it's just I I didn't I didn't like that. I, it, it, especially because like I would say again, I don't know all of them personally, but like eighty nine percent of the cast of that movie is heterosexual, and like mm-hmm. again having these like straight men use that word because they're playing gay was very it's still kind of like very dark like literally like aside from Billy Porter actually I don't think any of I, I take it back I think the actor who plays Howie I don't know him I don't think he's really been in a lot of other things um, but yeah I think everybody else in that movie is super straight so like again having them use that word was just kind of like mm, no thanks yeah
2: but anyway yeah, yeah. It's, it's a movie that takes place in, in you know, West Hollywood, or, and there's uh, no Latin characters at all. Right. Uh, so, what's that about, anyways? <laughs> so well, that- and,
1: and, and the thing, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, how far we've come. Like, even, you know, around the same time uh, Queer as Folk started on Showtime... And so, like, almost all of them, well, actually, all of them were white. Again, I'm trying to, like, remember if I even saw a person of color <laughs> right. in, in that in that show. And so it just, and now, you know, there's the new reboot that's coming out, and it's like, there's not a white character that <laughs> I can, like, name, which is great. That's wonderful. Um, it, it, just go, it just shows you, like, how far we've come in, like, the little baby steps of representation that like we needed to take in order to get where we are. And I mean, I know that, you know, we always say, oh, they could have done better back then. And it's kind of like, well, they were doing the best they could at the time. Um, And, you know, we, we now, we, it's now 20 years ago and we're doing, we're doing better. Still have more, more more places to go, but um, yeah.
0: Right. I mean, we, we have a, A trans actor who's going to be in the new season of Doctor Who. Right, right. So, Toppy, we uh, have a boatload of people who came together to make this film. And, of course, as we are a celebrated venue of many things, including former Magic Dax, the magician of the film is is the director in this point of view. Tell us a little about the director
2: who made the Broken Hearts Club. Well, he's... Greg Berlanti, and he was born and raised in New York. And uh, he he says this movie's uh, a bit autobiographical in that uh, he based it on what his group of friends were like at one time. Um, but uh, Ber- Berlanti is, is a writer, he's a director, and he's been involved in Uh, uh, television series you might know, including ABC's Brothers and Sisters. Um, uh, That was with Eli Stone, and he was nominated for a WGA award for that. And also he was involved in Political Animals, which was a USA Network miniseries, which was also nominated for a WGA, DGA, and Golden Globe Award. And also, everybody's favorite, Dawson Creek, he was in on that as a writer and executive producer. Uh, And then he went on to create and executive produce two years of Warner Brothers' most critically acclaimed dramas, Everwood, and Jack and Bobby. So he's uh, been around and been doing a lot of things. Uh, But he did begin his career... In television, as a staff writer on Dawson's Creek, and uh, he became, and only like a year later, uh, he became the showrunner. And since then, Verlandis he's been a creator, writer, and producer behind, uh, of times several of the things I've just mentioned. Uh, not to mention uh, Arrow, a uh, blind spot, The Flash, Supergirl. You, Riverdale. He loves the comic books, doesn't he? Titans, <laughs> Doom Patrol, uh, All-American, and The Flight Attendant. Uh, so for the past few years, uh, Berlanti Productions has had as many as 15 shows on the air at one time. That's kind of a record breaker right there uh, for a TV producer and creator. Uh, his film directorial debut was The Broken Hearts Club and uh, his most recent feature uh, is something he directed uh, and very critically acclaimed was a movie called Love, Simon. And upcoming feature projects that he's going to be doing um, that you're going to be seeing a lot about is Amazon's My Policeman. Um, that's going to be starring Harry Styles and Corinne, uh, also Alice and Frida, um, that involves Jennifer Kent, uh, something called forever. That's going to be a Rock Hudson biopic, and, uh, he's going to direct that red, white, and royal blue. Be More Chill, and HBO's Max's Moonshot. Um, uh, so he's gotten some big, uh, uh, his company's, uh, has gotten some big deals with uh, with streaming services like Netflix. So we're still going to see a whole lot from him.
0: Mm, okay. Well, we are at about the halfway mark in our show. So we're going to step on over here to the snack bar. And, uh, well, Miss Gertie has uh, taken the night off, so it's open bar. Yay! (laughs) Okay, so uh, for your enjoyment, we have an interview with Entertainment Weekly with the director of this evening's film, Mr. Greg Berlanti.
3: My sister at the time was also realizing that she was going to get a divorce. So we were sort of arguing about what was the best timing to tell our parents that like she was going to get a divorce and that I was gay. <laughs> My name's Greg Berlanti, and uh, I'm a gay man. I realized I was gay from the time I was probably around 13 years old. Didn't really deal with it. Had a closeted relationship in college and still kind of tried to convince myself maybe it's just the person, maybe I'm not gay, and, and then I moved out to Los Angeles in 1995, and I made some friends, started seeing someone, and everything made sense for the first time, and after a lot of tears and just realization and journaling about it, I realized, okay, I wanna start telling people openly that I'm, I'm gay, and I, I told a few friends, and then told my sister, but I was waiting to tell my parents. I just kept not getting an opportunity. So it was almost probably a year, year and a half after I started telling people, I realized like, okay, now I've really got to tell them what if they hear from somebody. As it worked out, the only time I was really gonna get a chance to tell my parents was they were taking, my dad was taking a business trip to San Francisco of all places. So I flew up there and um, I was really nervous and I went out to dinner with them and I couldn't tell them at the dinner. I just didn't have the wherewithal. I, I was probably 24 now at this point. And so I sort of sweat through dinner and they could tell, they asked me if something was wrong and we went back. They didn't get me like my own hotel room or anything. It was like three of us in one room and me on a cot and uh, in the hotel room. And it was the night of the uh, Olympics uh, when Muhammad Ali uh, lit the torch. And uh, I had actually in my lifetime met Muhammad Ali. And uh, you felt like you were meeting a spiritual or religious figure. He had such presence and uh, really inspired courage. And so he lit the torch, and and uh, I turned off the television set. And I said, well, I want to tell you guys, and, and uh, for a long time I've known that I'm gay, and you know I just one long, sort of had one long run-on sentence. And it wasn't great, it didn't go super well uh, at the time. I think they were both really shocked and surprised. And so they went back to New Jersey where they lived at the time, and I went back to LA. For the first couple of months, things were really raw. We didn't talk as much as we, we'd always talked every week. And, and I finally wrote them a letter uh, that said, look, you know, you know, yeah, I'm gay, but I'm also all these other things that you've already known, you know? Um, and my father got the letter and he called me and I could hear that he was, you know, really moved by it. And, uh, and then that was it. And a lot of members of the, my mom's community, you know, people who knew someone who was gay or had gay children, a lot of those people through the years would find her and talk to her about it. And she definitely helped a lot of friends, I think, you know, in terms of just saying, like, your son's still, your daughter, whomever, is still the same person, you know. I'd written a number of scripts when I came to Hollywood, eight or nine of them, and passed them around to friends. And nobody ever really called me about them or passed them on to anybody. And then I had saved up enough money to write sort of one more script. And I ended up writing this thing that became the film The Broken Hearts Club. And it was just about a group of young gay guys. I'd always loved the film Diner, and it really was sort of my ode to those kind of movies, those coming of age stories, but about what it meant to be gay in the late 90s in West Hollywood. And My parents uh, threw a premiere party at a gay bar in New York. And that was really finally when I felt like, okay, now we've gone on the whole We've gone on this whole sort of journey together. They had sort of their coming out process with it all, too, and that that not only were they accepting of me being gay, but they wouldn't have changed it.
0: Alrighty, so continuing on, uh, we have another question for our guest of honor. I'm going to rephrase it a little bit because, uh, Domina, you already uh, mentioned that you saw this film while you were in college and you, you said you rented it. So I'm, I'm curious to know when you rented this film, did you watch it by yourself? And, you know, after you watched it, did did you share this movie with other friends maybe they hadn't seen it?
1: So um, I would, I, the first time I rented it, it was like, you know, in between, like I would rent like four movies and like it would be like in the middle. So like it was, it was like, oh, I'm getting a whole bunch of things. And so I would wait to watch it by myself, um, because I, number one, didn't think that my roommates would want to watch it, and also, like, it was not something that I kind of wanted them, I, I wanted them to watch with me, um, I'd, especially, like, the first time. Um, eventually, um, when I would rent it again, or, like, when I finally, like, just bought it and just started watching it a lot, um... I would just sort of like, you know, when like you're home and you have roommates, and like they'll come in and be like, "Oh, hey, what are you watching?" Um, like usually, I would wait until like it was a whole day by myself, like I knew nobody would be home. But then I would start start watching, and it's like, "Oh, I'm watching this. I'm watching this movie. If you would like to watch it? You you can watch it with me." Um, sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. Um, I did eventually watch it with um, one of my very good friends who I mentioned earlier. His name's Brian. Um, uh, my, my, my token straight friend and, uh, he, he liked it. He supported the fact that like, this is a movie that I liked and he thought it was funny. Again, as I said, he wanted to always name, uh, a band, the ultimate meanwhiles. And, um, I, I I mean, eventually, um, as I got older, this was a movie that like, I would, uh, ask people if they had seen. So, like, when I met like new gay friends, I'd be like, "Oh, have you seen Broken Hearts Club?" Because I would always like, you know, quote it much like you know, I quote Sue Magnolias all the time. And so I'm like, "Oh," and they're like, "Oh, that's so funny." I'm like, "What? Have you never seen Sue Magnolias? Like, what? You, like, have you not heard that before?" <laughs> so, um, uh, another one of my very good friends named Logan. He uh, lives in Atlanta now. Um, he was a when he and I first met. And we're becoming friends. He was like, I've oh, he's like I've never been able to, like, sort of create my own broken hearts club. So um, that was a movie that, like, we bonded over, which is funny. It's a movie that we bonded over, but we had never watched together until, like, maybe three or four years ago when I went to Atlanta and we were trying to decide on a movie and we decided to watch this. We had never watched it together, but we talked about it all the time. But a movie that he introduced to me... Uh, which was like my second choice for today. If we didn't watch, if we didn't do Renard's Club, which is the boys in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so like he introduced that movie to me. And so like the two together kind of like really solidified like our friendship.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
1: But again, it, it's a movie like when I, I told um, a bunch of people, you know, that I was, you know, that I was doing this podcast, they were like, Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I love broken hearts club. You know, when I posted about it on like my Twitter and Instagram Lots of people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. What a shame about um, Dean Cain. Uh,
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh,
1: but, but, yeah, no, it's it's still a movie that I I watch frequently. Um, I do love it a lot.
0: Hmm. So uh, we've talked about the director of the film. We're going to uh, touch a point on some of the members of the cast, the, the pretty faces behind the characters. And uh, the first one we're going to mention... Played Dennis, who's the, the photographer, the guy who owns the house that everyone seems to be getting together at, Mr. Timothy Oliphant. Now, I will be the first one to say, Demanda, didn't he remind you a little bit of Josh Jamel?
1: <laughs> so, yes, but also in the picture that Toppy is currently using, mm-hmm. he also looks a little bit, like, from this distance, like Henry, Cavie- Henry Cavill.
0: Oh, okay. Like,
1: like, like a little bit of that, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, I think, I think the three of them have that sort of similar vibe.
0: Hmm. So, yeah. Mister Timothy Elephant was born in Hawaii raised in and uh, then raised in Modesto, California. So there was a move there somewhere in between. Before he became an actor, he explored work as a stand-up comic.
1: I don't see that for him, it's mm-hmm. so strange.
0: <laughs> His first screen role was a brief supporting role in The First Wives Club. I remember that. He was like on screen for 2 minutes, but he was Who's was the
1: young director who wanted her to play Monique's mom.
0: <laughs> exactly! It was Goldie Hawn's floozy n um, you know, basic agent, kind of. Anyways, he adult film director. He was in the First Wives Club in 96. Of course, for those of you who don't know, First Wives Club, you should have your gay card re- taken away. Bette Midler, yes. Diane Keaton, Goldie Hawn. And uh, the Broken Hearts Club was Mr. Oliphant's eighth film. Now, just prior... He was in, of all things, Advice from a Caterpillar in '99 with Andy Dick. <laughs> oh, and that was about a woman that falls in love with her gay friend's boyfriend. And uh, Mr. Olivant would star in nine more films over the next five years, including a supporting role as a detective in Gone in 60 Seconds, one of few Nick, Nick Cage movies that I enjoy. <laughs> With Angelina Jolie. Uh, And then he was also in Head Over Heels in 2001 with... Uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who of course was later in some of the Scooby Doo movies that were made as uh, Fred. Also,
1: like you, you, you're not going to mention Scream 2, which was like for <laughs> me like the, the the next thing that I remember him in.
0: <laughs> so good. I don't know. I'm all about the Ascot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in uh, Head Over Heels, that was about a young woman who's attracted to a man despite her thinking. She's seen him kill someone. I mean, you know, if he's hot. But, uh... Listen, there's <laughs> Most recently, he had a series of guest appearances on FX's Fargo, which includes Angelina Jolie's ex-husband, Billy Bob Thornton. And that was in 2020. Uh, Mr. Oliphant has done voice acting for Fox's *The Great North* animated series, which I enjoy. And today, date- most
1: recently, he was—he had a uh, a big guest star role on *The Mandalorian*.
0: Ooh! And to date, Mr. Oliphant has seventy-four acting credits. Now, Miss Thing, uh, we were talking about our superhero who oh. maybe turned right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very hard right So Dean Kane, uh He plays Cole the, the big himbo of the group uh, So he was born in Michigan uh, Grew up in Hawaii And attended high school in Santa Monica California He attended and played football at Princeton Where he was a history major uh, He dated Brooke Shields I, re- I remember that in um, I think it was like Brooke Shields like VH1 Whatever, like mini or e entertainment thing, yeah. He dated Brooke Shields while they were like in college or whatever. Um, his earliest TV acting roles were guest appearances on 90210. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Um, Broken Hearts Club was his seventh film, three years after his four season run on ABC's Lois and Clark. Listen, if you do not know Lois and Clark, like, it like the early seasons, I think, were really good. Then like it took this crazy turn and it was it was such camp magnificence. Um, but Dean Kane is is like the like I think he's the reason that I find like tall guys with dark hair like extremely hot. Like, ugh, the the whole that whole Superman. Anyway, Kane's first film after that was Best Men in '97 with Andy Dick. Andy Dick was all over the place in in the 90s. And Drew Barrymore. I don't even remember that movie. Um, Four best men pick up their friend, the groom, outside prison. On their way to the chapel, they stop by a bank and get involved in a robbery. What? (laughs) The bank's surrounded. The FBI takes over. What? I've literally never heard of that movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it later and see where is. I'm going to have to watch that. He would later appear in 12 films over the next five years, including Fire Trap in 2001 with Lori Petty, an ex-con steals an advanced computer chip during an office building fire, and Rat Race. So a lot of people tell me, so that had Whoopi Goldberg, Cuba Gooding Jr., um, Mr. Bean. That's another movie that a lot of people talk about being like one of their favorite movies of the 2000s. I've never watched it. Mm. Is this something that I should watch?
0: Mm. A Las
1: Vegas casino magnate determined to find a new avenue for wagering sets up a race for money. Um, to date, Dean Cain has one hundred ninety-three acting credits. Um, he has also become super political uh, mm-hmm. and has been very—he's been very flip-floppy, especially you know, since we're talking about Broken Hearts Club and. Uh, queer people and all that stuff. He's been very flip-floppy about supporting LGBTQ issues. Um, and previously he's been like, yes, of course I support gay people. I was in this movie in 2000. But like recently he's been not <laughs> supportive. Um, again, I don't want to misquote him. Um, but anyway, he's, he's sort of lost that luster for me, but I will always remember him as my Clark
2: Kent nice Uh, and demanda do you have a a favorite character in the movie
1: so my favorite character in the movie because in our group of friends i people always tell me that i'm taylor without the fact that i have never been in a long-term relationship (laughs) but but i'm the one who's always going to give everybody advice and like tell everybody like uh when when Taylor redoes Dennis's house and to, and Dennis is like, "Where's all my furniture?" It is spread evenly <laughs> throughout the house, um, distributed evenly. Um, but Taylor's my favorite again. That like Taylor's first big scene is uh, when Taylor finds out that he's been dumped for for a for a hyphen for an exclamation for punctuation mark <laughs> um, a, 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 some anyway dash uh, what he's like he's like no judy no bet and he's like the beach celine dion in hell oh beaches soundtrack track four <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> perfect and honestly very very
0: oh it was probably the wind beneath my wings also
1: uh actually no i think it's uh, i think it's gonna rain today I oh think, no. I think it's actually the track. Because <laughs> obviously, I've looked that up.
0: That so was like my it. gateway drug. Mom and dad had you know <laughs> um, music CDs, and I remember playing the Beaches
2: soundtrack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, beaches. <laughs> so, so good. That was B- Billy Porter's character, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Billy Porter. Well, um, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to say that, that uh, the first time I ever heard about Billy Porter was he started making news because of his fashion choices at several award ceremony or what have (laughs) you
1: they mean in like the last five years
2: yeah anyways before that i i didn't know who he was i had no clue and so when i watched this movie for the second time um i i i couldn't believe that my god billy porter's in this And I didn't know his career went that far back. I thought he was someone totally new. So Billy
1: Porter's like big thing that made him famous was he won the Tony for being the Teen Angel in the revival of Grease, the one that had Rosie O'Donnell in it as Rizzo. Hmm. He played Teen Angel. And he, I think like the whole thing is that he like took the, he like took the, uh, the song up like two or three steps and then did like this whole like gospel thing at the end of the song. And it like, it was a whole, and a a teen angel is a one and done number. Like there's, there's nothing else. So it was like a show stopping number and he won the Tony for that. So that's what like made him famous. So then he started like appearing in random things in the nineties. This, this is, I think maybe his first movie. Um, But anyway, so this movie is what introduced me to Billy Porter and then um, I remember then when YouTube became a thing, I remember seeing him on the Rosie O'Donnell show um, for, for Greece because that was around the... Or, or at least he was on there because may, maybe he was in something else, but he had already won the Tony. Because, I mean, that production of Greece was like 93, 95 maybe. Wow. Anyway, yeah. He, I mean, he's been... And, and, and the, the you know, more recently... Uh, you know, he was on Pose, which is why he was at all of these fashion, you know, all this fashion stuff, because he was, you know, on Pose. Anyway, I love Billy Porter. He's wonderful.
2: Yeah, he is. And I just had no idea his career went that far back and <laughs> and, and that, uh, you know, his Tony was in the 90s. That's it's just amazing. Um, let's talk about the actor played Benji. I just love this. His name's. Zach Braff. (laughs) How'd you like to be named? Zach Braff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was born and raised in New Jersey. He attended school with uh, R&B artist Lauren Hill. He grew up near actors Elizabeth uh, and uh, Andrew Uh, Shue. Broken Hearts Club was only his fourth film, and his prior film was a supporting role in Blue Moon, with Rita Moreno and Braff would shortly thereafter be cast in Fox's hospital comedy Scrubs uh, from 02 to 2010. And that was alongside Sarah Chalk. In 2004, he made his directorial debut with Garden State uh, in 2004 with Natalie Portman, Jim Parsons, and Gene Smart. That was about a quietly troubled young man who returns home for his mother's funeral after being estranged from his family for a decade. After Scrubs, uh, he would continue to work in film and appear in four of them over the next five years, including The Color of Time. Uh, Also, um, his most recent movie is the aforementioned Moonshot. Uh, in which a college student who helps a college student helps a barista sneak on board a space shuttle to Mars. How about that for a plot? Mm-hmm. Uh, today he's got forty-three acting credits and thirteen directing and producing
0: credits. Hmm. So, Toppy, I'd like to dial it back only a moment to the last question you asked Amanda: the favorite character in the film. So. I've seen this a few times. Uh, I hadn't seen it in many years until recently. But uh, I would have to say that if I had to pick favorite characters, uh, I'm a little torn, but I feel bad for the newbie, the one who was just coming out. Because, um, I mean, I came out at 22, and at the time, uh, I had one-way airfare to Dallas, Texas, where I was moving with my 18-year-old boy, 18-year-older boyfriend at the time. So I feel for that character because, um, he's falling for the birthday boy, Dennis. And that moment when they're in the hospital, you know, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, Benji eventually overdoses and they're in the hospital And there's a moment where Dennis is sitting in the hallway and um, I'm forgetting newbies name right now, (laughs) (laughs) but they have an exchange there. And Dennis basically tells him you were the wish because the, the guy relit the candles on the birthday cake when it was revealed that the birthday boy didn't even get to blow out his own candles because his friend's love life was in a crisis. So that just, uh, it it turned my allegiance there to the new kid because he gets turned away from the sweetest guy in the story and he's not given a chance. I was the newer kid at one point. And I actually have had the table turned too. I, I once dated a guy who was about ten years my junior, trying to to figure out what was it like to be the older guy, and of course that didn't work out. But <laughs> so Dennis and the 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 newbie were my favorites. What about you, Toppy?
2: Oh, I think um, Billy Porter was one. Um, I liked the the central character of uh, the birthday boy because um, it's sort of. He seems to be sort of the one that's pulling everyone together somehow or other um so those are probably my two favorite oh, and by the way the birthday boy the um oliphant there the actor he reminds me of is the dude who was on uh six feet under and um Show oh, peter, where he's a,
1: peter something right
2: yeah uh and 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 the show where he's a, a murderer the guy yes. that oh um
0: it? yeah i remember oh
1: oh, oh oh you're talking about uh michael anthony hall well because uh, he he was he was the gay brother on six feet under and then he played dexter
2: dexter he's he reminds me of the guy in Dexter. anyways hmm. yeah i uh, i thought the cast was kind of well-rounded and 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 they had a lot of interesting characters and in a sitcom-y sort of way um because it was kind of written a little bit like sitcom and the lines you know and there's a lot of memorable lines it it it, it, like the
1: the the whole movie is that it's like you know there's there a group of friends but like everybody fits like their little like trope Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's it, that's why it feels very sitcomy where it's like everybody still has like the stereotype that they're sort of like <laughs> that, that they're sort, still embodying um but be, where it's just where again um see now I can't remember Andrew Keegan's character's name either where he like brings up well are you only friends cuz you're gay and it's like well when you when you're a queer person and like you develop queer friends it's like yeah i guess that is the reason that like we became friends, but then, you know, we stayed friends for other reasons. Because, like, now a lot of my gay friends, the reason that we're, that I'm friends with them is because we're all drag queens.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, you know, we stay friends because, you know, we have lots of other things in common and we, you know, talk about other stuff. But it is, in, but we also all have also varying other interests. So, like, it is very, it's relatable to, in, in a sense of being like, yeah, you do If you're a person who has, like, a diverse group of friends, like, everybody kind of still fits a weird trope of some kind. Again, stereotypes exist for a reason.
0: And I just looked it up. Uh, Andrew Keegan's character, the one that I liked, the newbie, was Kevin.
1: Kevin!
0: Kevin. It's not the same actor, but it reminds me of the actor who was in American Pie.
1: Yes. So, I mean, he's he's also of that same generation. Like, another movie that Andrew Keegan was in he played the bad guy in 10 things that i hate about you with Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger um he plays the, like the asshole kid in that one which again is a fun cute little film
0: mhm and you know of of every, anything else we can mention about this movie for somebody who hasn't seen it this is going to be really out there in left field. Speaking of the broken hearts club and their penchant for playing, was it baseball or softball? I forget. Base- <laughs> softball.
1: So, so yeah, it, well, so like they say it's baseball, but it's it's like that. Uh, I mean, I know I did it when I worked at a mortgage company. Like we joined a quote <laughs> baseball. <laughs> League but it's softball. It's like under under slow pitch. It's not like
0: baseball. Uh, so uh you know, pitching it out into the left field here, if you see the Broken Hearts Club for no other reason, it's the fabulous hairstylist who does nothing but let them talk and she is credited for being great with advice and all she says is it's a gift i guess (laughs) that's played by up-and-coming actress jennifer coolidge who around this time i saw in a movie um oh what's his name The, the the guy that was at the oscars this year that got slapped
1: Oh, a Chris Rock.
0: Yes, Chris Rock was in this movie about a um a rich white guy who dies and he's uh, basically inhabited by a black man and I Oh,
1: I remember that. That, uh, that that came out a few years after this. But
0: yes. Yeah. But yeah. that that was one of the first films I saw Miss Jennifer Coolidge in and it, she always plays these trashy characters that are just gold because her line in that movie is she like dresses all ghetto and she wants to get her (laughs) husband's attention again and she's like he's like what are you doing because she's like jazzercising she's like i'm back in that you know what up (laughs) She. so i mean
1: she has just such an amazing jennifer coolidge has just such an amazing career of like all of these small parts that people remember her from. Because, like, what, what made her famous was, again, a year before this movie was her playing Stifler's mom in American Pie. uh uh-huh. um, And, like, that, and, that like, again, the entire term MILF is literally based around <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. Um, and, and then, of course, like, a few years later with Legally Blonde, um, and that, but uh, my, one of my favorite things that I've seen her in is Best in Show.
0: Oh, yeah. Where
1: she's like, we could just sit for hours and talk about soup. She's, talking about- <laughs> it's just so, she's so good in that movie. So good.
0: And of course, uh, honorable mention going to John Mahoney from the cast of Frasier, who played Frasier's dad. And he was Jack, who ran the restaurant. And I, I mean, I kind of saw it coming that spoiler he was going to pass on. Oh, yeah. There had to be an event because all these types of movie has to have something that brings the the friends together. Yes. Now, of course, that could have very well just been Benji in the hospital, but they decided that it needed to be Jack. And if for no other reason that we learned that his partner of 20 some years, Purple Guy, considered himself just not good at talking to people.
1: Well, so the I mean for in writing a movie sense like yeah, I'm sure if Benji would have died, it would have brought the friends together, but it would not have had the emotional impact to the audience, like Benji was still very like comedy relief character mm-hmm. um throughout the movie, whereas like Jack was definitely like sort of like the heart of that group, and like having him die, of course, is like a bigger loss for for the group and bringing them together um. So I also, I mean, I I, I like everyone in the movie. Uh, it is really funny. The the actor who plays Patrick has never sort of become, like, a name. But he has appeared in several, like, State Farm, Geico, <laughs> Allstate. Like, he's been in, like, a million different commercials. And every time I see him, I'm like, I'm so glad you're still working. I'm so glad you're still working. Good for you. Like, good for you, sir. I'm just always so happy when I, when I see him in something um,
2: oh, all
1: right. <laughs> and, al- and also not to not, uh, this is also one of the first movies that I remember seeing Justin Thoreau in, who is also extremely hot. He plays Howie's uh, pothead boyfriend, mm. um, which is a very, very random. Um, but also ha- Howie is also just a fun character. Like everyone loves, a super neurotic person. So uh, the whole Jennifer Coolidge montage of everyone going to see her to get a haircut inventing. <laughs> but how he's actually in therapy. And when he literally is, he's like going on, he's like, my friends get a haircut with
2: this. <laughs> it's, just, it's
1: like, girl, same, same. Uh-huh. I wish, I, I, wish I, I could be getting a haircut while getting therapy.
2: Right. Oh, oh. well, the last thing I really want to know is when, um, uh they're they're in the bathroom they're doing drugs and they're all they're all sniffing chapstick what the hell drug is that supposed to so, be so it's at the when i
1: first thought i thought i because I, the only thing i really knew at the time i thought it was poppers but i'm like that's not poppers poppers don't do that i think i think and again I am not full disclosure. I am not somebody who does recreational drugs. <laughs>
2: it's just not something
0: that I enjoy. And I was just simply and, going to say, as somebody who's been t- to Utah, could you explain? <laughs> um, but I think I think it's it's G
1: um, GHB. I think oh, okay. It, but in a similar way, okay, uh, because it's uh, obviously they're not it, but or or. I, I mean, I don't. This is one of the movies now that I don't like watch watch anymore. It's on as I'm doing other things. Cause I've seen it so many times. I would need to watch that scene again to see exactly what it is they're doing. Because I mean, they could also be doing bumps of coke. They could also wow. be doing like. Um, they could it, it, also be doing it, it, like. Uh, uh, oh, what's? I mean, because they're not. They're not doing Molly because he does that earlier at the other party.
2: Well, it looks like they're all sticking chapstick up their nose and sniffing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh goodness!
1: I mean, again, who? It could it could be a myriad of it. could also literally be nothing, and they didn't get approval to like show them doing real drugs, so they made some.
0: Something well, up I mean, let's weird. be totally retro and nostalgic. It's video head cleaner.
2: <laughs> well, that's poppers. <laughs> Yeah, twerk
0: poppers. poppers. Well, so we have uh, reached the uh, top of the hour here, and we're standing out in the lobby. We're going to talk about other programs you might enjoy if you liked the Broken Hearts Club. And if you didn't actually see it or haven't seen it right now, or at least lately, you can find it on our favorite free service, Tubi, T-U-B-I. So this is our snack tray, and uh, I'll go first. I'm going to tell you about something else you might enjoy now. This film actually came out uh, a handful of years before the Broken Hearts Club. I'm actually a little surprised I didn't see it when it came out at first, because I was in my first year of college. Then in 97, this is a film with uh, Seinfeld's Jason Alexander and John Glover, who was the the bad guy in the um, the second Gremlins movie. This is Love, Valor, Compassion, and it's about eight gay men who gather for three summer weekends at a lakeside house in Dutchess County, New York, and that, that's the, uh, the area that we call Upstate. It's like along the Hudson near Albany, where they relax, reflect, and plan for survival in an era plagued by AIDS. So Love, Valor, Compassion from
2: 1997. Well, that's a good choice. I'm going to choose a movie I'm pretty sure we did DJ but um, this reminded me so much of Jeffrey mm-hmm. um, with um, Patrick Stewart was in that movie um, and there, there were, this was sort of a, an era where we we'd had our super heavy dark gay movies that were about AIDS and surviving AIDS and living with AIDS, and Jeffrey n and, and uh, uh, this movie we're talking about tonight was kind of a a new era where they they really decided well we're not we're not going to focus on that we're we're just going to focus on a, a group of Ordinary people who happen to be gay, and uh, it's more about life, death, and and love, and and things like that. So that's kind of where this movie's coming from. In a way, it's it's not groundbreaking, but it was different from those heavy movies that we had for a long time. So I'm going to recommend Jeffrey, and also I I just recommend. You know, uh, talk about a a movie you could almost describe with the same description as tonight's movie. But um, Boys in the Band, uh, which predates just about everything we've talked about tonight, it's a group of people who, uh, gay friends who come together for a birthday party and it's, I think it's just really interesting to compare the movies. Uh, so I'd recommend Boys in the Band and Jeffrey.
0: Okay. And uh guess, or uh, Lady of the Hour, Demanda, if you had some thoughts on this, is there anything else you might recommend from this time so, period? Or so, uh, so, yeah.
1: So, Boys in the Band is one of my like literal favorite movies of all time. Uh, the original and the. Um, and the the remake that's currently on Netflix, highly recommend both of those. But the uh, uh, kind of what Toppy was saying, like there were so many movies in the '90s and the late '90s that were really focused on, and and they kind of mentioned that in this movie, where it's like there weren't any movies without gay characters. unless someone was dying of AIDS? It was like the sacrificing lover of someone who was dying of AIDS. You know, and that and then and then for a while in the late '90s it was like the token gay best friend, and so there this whole, like, you know, I said like the peak of like gay, white gay men cinema of the two thousands. Um, one of the movies, another, so the three movies that I first rented that were queer movies were broken hearts club, get real and trick. So trick is another movie more in this vein of like comedy. So it's about Christian, uh, the actress, Christian Campbell, who is Nev Campbell's brother. Um, and I can't remember, and his name is Gabriel in the movie. And he uh, starts flirting with a go-go boy. And uh, they decide that they're going to go hook up, but then just like string of events keep getting in the way. And so it's it's just, it's uh, one of those movies that takes place in one night and they keep going to all these different locations. And you can't tell whether or not like the go-go boy is like really into him or if he's just like in it for like the, you know, the trick of it. Um, but two major things from that movie that I think need to be mentioned. Number one, a supporting character is played by Tori Spelling, who... I mean, she's Tori Spelling. We all know that she's Tori Spelling. Um, but, <laughs> this, but this movie, honestly, is probably the best acting role I've ever seen her in. She actually does an incredible job about being, um, being uh, Christian Campbell's best friend. And then... The icon. So this shirt, this look, aside from the hair, I didn't do the hair. Um, I use Coco, Miss Coco Peru's iconic monologue from Trick that ends with, you ever get cum in your eye, Gabriel? It burns. <laughs> um, I use that in a number uh, mixed in with uh, Rufus Waymite's Gay Messiah. And uh, it is just like gay classic moment. Where where she like literally locks herself and Gabriel in the bathroom to go off about this go go dancer and it is hilarious. It's kind of scary. It's kind of like this this woman is insane. Um and Miss Coco Peru is just incredible. Um so if you have not seen it, uh, I highly recommend trip.
2: Nice. Well, Demanda, I wanted to tell you that um the ever mysterious Cronhaven in the room uh tuned into YouTube and she says you look gorgeous. Oh,
1: thank you so much. That is so sweet. Mwah.
2: And speaking of um the people who are watching or listening live, because you can do that uh every first and third Friday of the month, um we have uh with us live uh, Billy Star Starsage, DJ Seve uh, the aforementioned Cronhaven. We have Lamont Cranston. We also have Tommy hash Browns, our pal. And, uh, Maren Kurtz was also here. So thank you everyone for joining us live.
0: Okay. So before we, uh, say goodnight to everyone, Tamanta, if you could let our listeners know where else they could find you. If they're not local and, uh, they're not on your mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> my mailing list. So
1: please come follow me on social media. You can find me across social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Uh, D-M-A-N-D-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-I. I post, so if you are local to the D.C. area, um, I post my um, in-person schedule so that way people can come, uh, come support the show, support your local drag. Um This Pride Month, I have a bunch of gigs. Um, I'm doing a lot of story times. I'm doing a lot of uh, live gigs. Um, I'm about to start monthly shows at DC Vegans Botanical Bar. Uh, And anyway, so I'm going to be around. Please come find me. Um, My next convention that you can come find me at, I just announced it today on my Instagram. I'm going to be at Flame Con, which is uh, hosted by Geeks Out, uh, which is a queer... Uh, comic book convention uh, it is in New York City and Times Square I'm going to be the booth babe for another amazing podcast that I follow Cerebro podcast which is um, a crazy little fun queer retelling of uh, characters from the X-Men
2: nice Ooh. you are one of the bestiest girls I know <laughs> Woo-hoo, round of
0: applause for our lady
2: of the hour
1: I try I try
2: <laughs> well, we're really happy you are here uh, during this very busy time for you for uh, to join us tonight uh, for talk about this movie. And next time, folks, we're going to be doing one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a magical little movie from 1983. It's about an American oil company that has plans for a new refinery and send someone to Scotland to buy up an entire village. But things don't go as expected. It stars Burt Lancaster, Peter Rygert, and Fulton McKay. And it is a lovely, wonderful, sweet, magical movie called Local Hero. It's next time. On that name and the show. Oh, and that's going to be
0: on the first Friday of the coming month here, which will be July 1st, just before Independence Day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Toppy. So if you would do us the honors, please say goodnight in the w- ol- the ways of the old
2: days of radio. Well, we, like, we just like to say goodnight, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to UnivazPods.net. Click the tower for streaming audio. Enter
0: Discord for our chat room.
2: You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us
0: at matinaminutia at gmail.com
2: Just Gone Wild with Matt and Tom Speak up The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly Be heard Tastes like burning with Tim and James
0: Unique Voices in Podcasting
2: The Shy Life Podcast With me, Paul the Shy Yeti
0: Univazpods.net